Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast. We're on episode seven now. I'm Hayden. This is Mitch. Mitch, how's it going? What's up? going on man it's going good good Uh, sitting here sipping on some uh some coffee i feel like i was holding out i was thinking the other day i feel like i was holding out on the listeners that they uh coffee is like one of my go-tos and most most episodes i'm I'm drinking a quality cup of coffee so i mean if you're not i grab one for the show okay so that's now we're giving we're giving people a, a nice little image of of what's what's happening during this during this recording now because you know, now the now the listeners see the Italy background. They know where you are. So now we're getting a cup of coffee in your hand. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. just have to keep we have to keep expanding on this. This is it's definitely moving in the right direction. We're painting a really nice picture here. I think it's important to say the Italy background is not there any longer, though. <laughs> <laughs> but when it was there, it was good. It was very, very good. Very, very true. Very true. But my wife figured out that problem for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. Here we are, episode seven of Hill Pursuit Podcast. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We keep hearing some good, getting some good feedback from you guys, um, getting some comments. Um, hopefully we can open a little conversation, a little dialogue with you. So please reach, reach out to us um, any and everywhere. All right. So you guys can find us on social media at Hill Pursuit on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, we got the website and the blog at hillpursuit.com. Um, we got the email at hillpursuit.gmail.com. And, you know, you guys are listening from wherever you're listening, but we, we stream the podcast right now on, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. So keep following along. Um, we we want to be able to continue growing with you guys. So Thanks for following along. Continue following along, and we appreciate all the feedback that we're that we're getting. What what you got, Mitch? Yeah, I'm not gonna push that anymore. We we've gotten a few comments. Um, they're fun. Yeah, I think it lets us know what people find interesting, what we're putting out there. It also kind of gauges where what people are doing and where they're at too. So we haven't got too many, but we definitely got a few. And when we do get them, I think we both kind of get excited to read them and kind of we we talk about them too. Um, just not on the show kind of gives us something to look into so I'm not going to go any more about that so we'll kind of just die right on in I think yeah so before we before we started recording you told me you did an awesome workout yesterday let's start there I want to hear about it what'd you do yeah so uh, it wasn't anything um, nothing groundbreaking so I a lot of my training comes from, and maybe we'll, it would be cool to dive, maybe as we go forward, we'll talk about some different programs. Um, but a lot of my training are based off of 531. It was written by Jim Wendler. So I, I use a lot of his percents. He has so many different ways that uh, he can vary the program that he writes. It's not all the same, but essentially all the percents and are based the same and you have a five, three in one week. Get the book, read it. I'm not going to dive into all the, the nitty gritty right now. So Essentially, I've created like a it's 12 week total cycle um, that I laid out from start to finish. I'm in the third week of the second cycle. So um, I'm kind of my, uh, I have a decent amount of volume right now. So last night I hit, it was, I was squatting. So I hit 75%, 85%, and then 
95% for a single and um, for squat. And it was one of the nights, like I was feeling good. My 95% felt spectacular. And I was like, oh man, it's one of them we've talked about before. You could, I could totally keep going up right now just because I, or I could have. <laughs> your picture. I, I actually, I had uh, one of my, one of my coworkers was over training with me last night. And that's why I said to him, I'm like, so I feel, I feel very good tonight. And I said, but I gotta get, I gotta put the ego aside. So that is some discipline right there. That is some real discipline right there. I'm impressed. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, especially <laughs> coming from me. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, so I hit that and then I did, um, so essentially I went back down to what my first set was uh, 75% and I did, uh, 10 sets of five with about a minute rest. Uh, and that it was, it's not a lot of weight because I based most of my, all my numbers are based off about 85% of my true one rep max. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not a, it's not a heavy weight, but when you're, t- when I was taking that one minute rest by, I think like set seven, my lower back was starting fatigue. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't wear a belt for those reps at all. And, uh, and I just finished up with some session. I did some pull-ups and finished with some hanging leg raises to kind of balance out the lower back. So kind of kind of hit the hit the main work and then did some stuff to balance everything out. So that felt good. Um, I have a deload next week and then the last cycle I'm gonna be. We'll we'll talk about that. That's gonna be a fun one. It's kind of gonna be starting the. Then I'll be loading it up. That's that's why I did not, because then this next cycle, if I hit what I did, then I would have just kept adding yeah, some weight. Yeah. So well, let's dive into that a little bit. You said you're on your whatever second week of your second cycle or something like that. Third week, second cycle. Okay. What are the differences between your cycles? You said it's a twelve week, like a twelve week larger plan. Yeah. What are the so differences? Essentially, I um. So my first. My first cycle, I hit all my main repetitions, like for the way 531's spaced out. So your first week is essentially all your main work is done for five reps. Your second week is three, and then it's five, three, one. Obviously, you're 95% being the single. So um, my first my first uh, four weeks, I did everything for five. Whether it was my five, three, one week, I did all my reps for five. And then I would back down to my first set and do it for five by five with a minute rest. Uh, so it's not the five by 10 or 10 by five. So then I, up, I did that for four weeks, fourth week being a deload. And now this, this four week, the middle block is um, I ramped up my volume a little bit, but now that I ramped up the volume for the first set last is essentially going back down to that first set. I'm doing either my first week, I did 10 sets of five for that first set last now and then my second week I'm do, I did five sets of 10 and now I'm doing back to 10 by five just to kind of vary it a little bit okay uh, so that part that part are you not necessarily improvising but just making sure that it's never the same the five by ten or ten by five or however you're wrapping it up five by you know whatever. yeah you know the first one was five by five and yeah. then I, I did that for four weeks I'm like okay now I jacked up the volume but with the well, let me put this now that I jacked up the volume and that ten by five or five by ten I don't do the five for five anymore or the three for five I actually do the required reps because you know one puts in something's got to take so it's my gotcha. five it's my five three one week I'm not doing five I did the five I do the three and then I do the one so. Um, and no, it's not really a variation. I actually bounced this around with someone else. I'm like, 
hey, I'm kind of, I'm at a catch 22, whether to do the five by 10 or the 10 by five. And they're like, well, why don't you just rotate one every other week? So honestly, it wasn't anything like, it wasn't, I really didn't have, I hate to not say I didn't have a method to why I did it because I'd like to think that I did. It was a way to get volume in, but a way to do it maybe a little different where it's not just five by 10. Cause I like the lower reps sometimes cause you're still moving the bar somewhat fast for me anyway. And cause when you start getting like to eight, nine, 10 reps, things kind of break down a little bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, that's sweet. That's an awesome program. We got to definitely keep, we got to keep updating that program because now you got some, it sounds like you got some serious structure going on. And that's really cool. But is that, is that the program that that's not the program leading up to your hunt, right? No, 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 no. No, uh, your hunt is September. You said. Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So this is, this is just a, a build program for your overall fitness that you, you like the five, three, one. I know you like that. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I wanted to mess around getting, uh, seeing, you know, it's, good time in the year to get see if you can just get a little stronger i don't have anything planned where my condition needs to be spectacular yeah so it was a good time to structure out like a 12 12 week program and see see what happens it was fun so we'll touch back in like five weeks yeah 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 i know you not to like keep putting you on the spot with everything you're doing but I know you've been doing some different conditioning too, which is pretty sweet. Some really cool stuff. So what's that look like? And like you said, you know, right, right now. And I think this is really, this is good for everybody to hear because right now, like you said, there's really no need for you to have crazy conditioning. Um, right. Isn't that what you just said? Yeah. I have nothing planned where I need to. Right. I mean, obviously I always have a baseline that I, I like to right. keep. Exactly. You maintain that baseline or that foundation, right? So you still throw it in there, but maybe the structure behind your conditioning, for example, isn't necessarily there, but you're still doing it. And you just did some really cool stuff lately. What, um, what did that look like? And just kind of give, give the listeners a little synopsis of why you're doing it and, and what it's like. Yeah. I, so I haven't done this in a while and, um, so I had uh, I had gotten battle ropes recently. So essentially, if you don't know what battle battle ropes are, it's a uh, it's a long a long rope, probably about an inch and a half, inch and a quarter thick. Um, and that's can, uh, John. I think that's Brookfield, right? Is that his name? Is that who it is? I honestly I don't know. know. You probably might you might know the. He actually ropes. came he came onto our campus before I was there. I think. Well, that's neat. Like forever ago, maybe after I was a student uh there and then he showed up in the interim before i started teaching there too but yeah he he's he's pretty brookfield he's he's a pretty crazy dude and and battle ropes are awesome yeah so what were you doing with him yeah so i honestly had a set uh back in back back in the day and um and so i actually left those at home when i moved away and uh my wife back a couple months ago got some more for our home gym surprised me so i'm like cool so i've been doing a lot of i've been doing a lot of body weight rows with them so the other night i we got some a little snow where i where i live nothing crazy took them outside while it was snowing and i did some upper body upper body conditioning so um some you know there's so many ways to to vary the way you, you swing the battle ropes so i did what did i think I'm trying to think i'm going to do a blog on it because i had it structured it was um it was five, five rounds of 30 seconds 
and I did that three times. So I did five rounds, 30 seconds, took like a two minute break in between each round. And, um, my legs, I've been, I was smoking my legs recently and I was like, man, they're, they're shot right now. So I was like, I haven't done those in a while. I good little recovery for the upper body. So did those. And I actually finished off, finished off shooting my bow just to get some reps in with that. And I, and I, I want to talk to you about this because I, I know you have a little bit of an interest in this and I know you don't hunt right now, but you still, and uh, I, I did one part of my set. I actually went, um, I like, how, I like how you say it right now because you know you're going to take me on hunting at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're going we're gonna to get you in there. Yeah. I, I think you're going to get hooked. I really do. <laughs> anyway, so regardless of whether you do that or not, so I did a set and then I went in and shot my bow for like one rep. I, don't, I can't shoot far. I have it like a backstop that I just can shoot short distance, more just getting reps in. And, um, and I was fatigued and I, I waited. I just wanted to see what it felt like. I haven't done that in a while. And I'm not going to try to take the whole podcast up on this, but just real quick. And then I finished all my working sets with the battle ropes. And I did some shooting. I was thinking to myself, it's like, I'm going on this elk hunt, right? And I was thinking, I think it's important to feel what it's like to shoot your bow or whatever you're shooting while you're fatigued. But I, I was going to ask you, do you think I think you need to feel that before it ever happens, but in the sense of training, do you think it's smart that you incorporate that often, or do you think you could get two out of two out of sorts or go overboard with trying to master that where you're actually taking out of your training? Is, do you think it's important? Hey, obviously you need to shoot to focus on form. And you also need to work out, or you also need to train to train. And I think if you try to blend those two too often, I think it's going to be counterproductive like is it do you, or, do you incorporate it once or twice a week or do you incorporate it twice a month dude that is such a good question such a great question i love that question um i don't think there's a perfect answer but i think it relates directly to um sports specificity in terms of training so sports specificity in this case would be shooting the bow yeah. right but yeah. Um, you know, you're training for the hunt by doing things in the gym sometimes, you know, so that goes back to, oh man, it goes back to, uh, what's his name? Ah, I can't remember his name. It goes back to a lecture that someone, uh, I'll, it'll come, it'll come to me after the podcast, I'm sure, but a lecture someone gave to Put in the comments. Put in our comments. I was going to say, throw it in our comments. Yeah. Section. I'll remember his name. Oh, man dang it that's all right anyway um i listened to it you know what i'm pretty sure you listened to it a few years ago um probably in class but um it was about functional training and whether or mm -hmm. not there's even such a thing which is a huge topic right because the term functional is such a buzzword but yeah um you know if, if you look at it in terms of this is the analogy from his lecture in terms of a baseball pitcher throwing faster, how do you get that pitcher to throw faster? The argument that he made was throw a baseball. Yeah. Now, if you want to throw a baseball faster, you have to throw a baseball. Yeah. So, and, but, but, but we know as coaches, we know there are things you can do in the weight room 
to supplement that athlete's performance, right? So there are things you can do in training that relate directly to you becoming more fit or better prepared for your hunt or to shoot under stress, you know, like there are things you can do to simulate that without having a bow or a gun in your hand. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's a, it's a unique argument that, um, dang it. I can't, I can't believe I'm not remembering his name. I literally watched this like at least two or three times a year, once or twice a semester, but like you're saying that you bring it back to sport i i like that because i can i i relate it to so say you're a wrestler right you don't wrestle live every day to get better you know you drill you get in the weight room and i think that's the same thing that holds true maybe in this question whether you shoot your bow you work on the technical aspects you train in the gym you tra- you go for hikes you and, you know and, and you hope it all blends together so when that that time comes you're you're set up so and, the, and like you said, there's so many things you can do outside of it. We're, we're go, I can go on and on. But like with the bow, if, if you can get to the point where you draw back and your mechanics on the bow and you can stay out of draw for a minute, that's going to make that stress time so much easier. But then you go to the part, say you're huffing and puffing, you're out of breath trying to steady that pin. It's like if, you're, if, if that's difficult to keep the draw bomb, drawing back, it's going to make everything else hard. So I just wanted to see your take on – I think yeah. if you could over, yeah. if you could overdo putting yourself in that situation rather than actually training and focusing on the actual act of shooting the bow. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that also depends on sports season. And yeah. first, I have to I have to be completely honest. I just I just looked it up. It's Mark Ripito. I completely forgot. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, we, yeah, you've yeah. watched you've watched it before. I've watched it. I don't, probably at least four or five times. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. But he yeah. has started. He's starting strength, which is a great, uh, yeah. a great. I show. never read but, the book. We we should read the book. And I never read that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that that would be a good thing for us to do. But anyway, I love that talk that he gives because it's a fair talk and. To your question of can you put yourself in that scenario, you know, too frequently rather than training, I think it just depends on how close you are to your actual hunt or um, in, in layman's terms, what the sports season is. You know, if you're in your preseason, you, you should be doing that stuff more. You know, that's yeah. your sport specificity. You know, every we all know that as the season approaches, you got to increase the sports specificity of your of your training. So, yeah, absolutely, get your heart rate up, control your breathing, and and do some shooting. It's it's super super relevant. Um, now, there's a lot to do in the weight room that can supplement and accessorize and and assist with those um, those specific type of you know sporting sporting performances, I guess. But, um, no, I don't, I don't really think there's a right answer, but I think as you get closer, you, yeah, you have to put yourself in those scenarios because I mean, for me, for me, especially, okay. Think about me. I'll be the first to say I've never hunted. I've never gone on a hunt. I've never hunted. I've never shot anything at anything with intent to kill anything, you know? So for me, that first time, if I, if you end up taking me out and I, and I pull back the bow or, you know, I got it in my sights, whatever it is, my heart's going to be racing, you know? 
And I don't care if you did it one time or I don't care if you did it a hundred times. That's right. why you, it, it, my, every time you draw back on something, your heart is absolutely. absolutely. And that's, that's super funny that that came up because I just had that conversation with um, my, um, my two brother-in-laws who both hunt and um, they were saying the same exact thing. doesn't matter. doesn't matter how many times you've done it before your heart rate is going to shoot up. So yeah, the more, <laughs> Yeah. The more you, the more you simulate that experience, the better you're going to deal with it. And it's never going to be the exact same. It just never is. It's like no. a, it's like a back to the baseball example, you know, the, the pitcher who's trying to throw faster. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can end up hitting a 90 mile per hour fastball or sorry, you end up throwing your 90 mile per hour fastball, but everything changes when it's the bottom of the ninth with two out full count and the bases are loaded. You know what I mean? Everything changes when your heart rate, you know, shoots up like that. Oh, and then you're excited. You know, the elements are there, you know, it's, it's unreal. You you can't, I'm excited to take you out. And even if we don't get the opportunity the first time, just if you could interact with an animal at that level, it's, you can't compare it's, you can watch it on TV until you actually feel that and you get that heart rate going and you feel that excitement and you just start pumped with adrenaline. It's, it's awesome. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll, yeah, we, talked, we talked the other day about starting to formulate something for the hunt and yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll keep everyone in tune as we, as we get closer to doing that. So, yeah. So I want to have, I want to have a whole, at least a whole podcast dedicated mm-hmm. to that. Well, and then like we're talking about my hunt, I know you just put a blog post up that you just started. You were, um, well, when was day one of your Ironman yeah. prep? Yeah. So day one was actually February one. So that was cool. yeah, I, I wrapped up, um, you know, the big running cycle that I finished in mid October. And then I just, you know, from October to February, um, I essentially just maintained a, a really big base fit level of fitness and, right. you know, running at least three times a week, biking probably five or six. And the pool was tough because it was closed off and on, but, you know, lifting a couple times a week also. So I wasn't really, you know, training to improve anything i was just giving myself a little bit of a break mentally more than anything i guess but um yeah so february one came along and that's my big that's the start of the nine month program okay yeah Um, so that being said i know we talked about this a little bit but that being said you know a nine month program i'm literally only three days in um the program was made under the, um, you know, the understanding that I maintained a certain level of base fitness. So I'm not really in a base. I'm, I'm somewhat in a base right now because, you know, the, my coach has to like test the waters with me and make sure that I'm, uh, I'm not too stressed with life that I can't complete these workouts. You know what I mean? So it's not there. The workouts aren't anything that I'm not capable of, of doing like, he's not, pushing me in the sense that, um, <laughs> funny story today, it was a big push, but the workouts for the most part, these first couple of weeks aren't going to really, you know, they're not designed to murder me necessarily. Um, just to get the volume back up to where it needs to be. You know, my volume was 
really just hit or miss throughout the entire winter break and, and off season. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, get the volume back to where it needs to be. I'll, I'll ultimately be training probably 10, 12 hours a week for a while. And then maybe once the summer comes along, I'll bump that up even a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm really, really excited about the way that the, the structure is already playing out. You know, there's, now, you know, have you seen it from start to finish? Have no, you no, 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 no. So it's, okay. it's just a, a couple weeks at a time. And, you know, if I were to text them and say, Hey, you know, this coming week, I cannot do that workout on Thursday. I do not have okay. the time. Then it'll switch things around for me. And it's All a right. very, it's a very, like, we work together to make the schedule um, fit. And so it's a super, super like comfortable, relaxed. I know we're going to get it in, you know, it's, it's great to have my eyes on it, but it's even better to have my coach's eyes on it because, um, you know, he's removed from my life. He's removed from the stresses of my life. So he can look at it almost like unbiased and say, you know, what I should, what I should be doing when, and of course I'll just tell him if I can't do it, but, um, is it structured? How, how's a, how's one cycle structured? Does he break it down into weeks or? So, yeah, so it's, it's really just the timing of the, um, the timing of this, the season, I guess is an easy way to say it. So there's a couple different events that I have and there's, there's builds, within the program for the different events. There's really only two important events this this whole season. This is what I wanted to talk about earlier. I I forgot, but um, yeah, the Pittsburgh marathon got canceled. That's what I wanted to talk about earlier and I couldn't remember, but that was a huge event for me on my calendar this, this season. And it got canceled last year too. And, um, you know, so now I, I think because of the the focus on Ironman, even though the Pittsburgh Marathon's in May and the Ironman's in se- September, um, I'm choosing to just not run it even virtually. So I'm just yeah. not, um, I'm not even messing around with, you know, prepping for it or periodizing around it to make sure I'm, you know what I mean? So um could be a blessing in disguise for you. Yeah, it's just more time to focus on triathlon specifically. And it's funny because I texted my coach. The minute I got the email, I was like, Coach, no marathon this year. And he texted me back. He's like, he's like, don't forget that small marathon you're running after a 112-mile bike in September. <laughs> I was like, idea. okay, all right, you're yeah. right. You're, I'll give you that. So, yeah, it's not like the marathon's off the calendar. It's still there. It's just after, uh, you know seven, eight other hours, whatever it is during mm-hmm. the day. But, um, so yeah, with that race being canceled, the, the first build that I have is to my, my B race, I would call it for the season is, um, the half Ironman in mid June. So, okay. um, you know, February, March, April, May, you know, three ish, three and a half, whatever that time frame is. But, um, so right now the, the, the blocks aren't really set out and defined necessarily. And okay. I'm okay with that. I like, I like the attention to the, like the individual attention that 
he's giving to my, my stress and my fatigue and, you know, my daily availability and all of that. So like, for all we know, the pools could close again next week and everything changes again. So it almost be a waste to program more than just a week or two at a time. So we're within a small build phase when you start and that's under the assumption. What's that? What does a week look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, first under the assumption that, you know, I maintain some base fitness in the off season, you start with the small build. So that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to start prepping a little bit more specifically for that race. But the week consists of about five uh, rides and the rides vary in intensity duration. So there's a couple rides that are big gear rides where you're grinding it out at really hard intensities for only like 50 to 60 RPMs, maybe even a little bit less on the bike trainer. Then you have some rides that are a little bit longer and more aerobically focused with zone two, zone three. Then you're going to have a recovery ride. That's just zone one, zone two, you know, flush it out, um, increase the blood flow, make sure that you're recovering, reduce the inflammation, you know, um, easy stuff. In terms of the running, there's, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but in terms of the running, so today's the third day. I've already run twice, about like nine miles total, nine, eight-ish, eight, nine, nine. But um, the running, it's not like a mileage thing. It's, it's programmed off of minutes. So that's a whole nother issue we could discuss, but, and I love, love that. But I think the body feels stress in terms of the time that it's under stress. You know, if it's, if it's resistance training, it's time under tension, you know, and, and here in a more aerobic, a little bit more aerobic world, um, you know, the time that your body, the time, that you're putting that stress on your hips and your knees on a run. The time is, is what's more important than specifically with like long endurance stuff. It's more important than the intensity sometimes. So, um, you know, to get faster and running, you, you kind of have, you have to do a lot of zone one, zone two work. And describe the zones. Describe the zones, because I'm I'm sure there's people out there that, yeah. I mean, for me, before I knew you, you could have said these zones in, I don't even know what they are. So just quick. Yeah, so zone one, zone two are essentially like recovery zones, very okay, low okay. intensity. Um, zone two, zone three. So that that blend is a little bit more aerobic in in terms of aerobic power. Uh, okay, three, four, a little bit more focus on aerobic power. Four, five. That's where you see a lot of big gear work and anaerobic power. Um, okay. five, six is extremely anaerobic, almost completely. And seven, no, 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 no. Yeah. And then zone six, seven or zone seven itself is seconds at max, you know, like very, very high intensity, low gear, um, sorry, big gear, but low RPMs. But, um, anyway, so, you know, those, those zones also align with, uh, percentages of heart rate and off the top of my head, I don't know them, but, um, you know, the lesser zones are more aerobically focused and the higher ones are more anaerobic. That's an easy way to think about it. But, um, so yeah, 
you know, there's uh, one or two rides that are recovery focused. The running is, I think it's like four times per week and the volume is completely easy for me. It's not, it's not like crazy volume. Um, I think because this is our first or second week, this is our first week, but in the first or second week, there's some sort of run test that he's going to okay. put me through, um, which is likely just going to be like a max distance in a certain amount of time. And, okay. and he's going to program, I imagine, because he's good. He's going to program stuff off of, you know, like my heart rate observed during that test. Um, so it's going to be like very personalized in terms, cool. in terms of the physiology. And then swimming right now is extremely super, specific. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's, he's awesome. The, the swimming aspect is tough right now. It's two swims a week with a third that's optional. And, um, I wrote about this recently, but swimming is my biggest weakness. So for me, the third isn't optional. It's, uh, it's mandatory and I'm going to do it. Um, and real quick, I just want to, so I'll also be lifting once or twice a week and probably crossfitting once a week, maybe once every two weeks, just depending on when I'm free. And I just like to change it up sometimes with different types of workouts. So not, not as often as I normally do, but I'll still be lifting at least twice weekly. And those sessions, yeah, those sessions are so for me, because I, because it's only twice. And for me, that's like, what's most functional right now. And, and, um, that most applies to like my needs. Um, I separate them by a couple of days. So for the most part, I'll vary the core lift. Like one day it might be a squat or a deadlift. And the other day it'll be like an upper body core lift. Um, or some, or like every third might be like a power, like a hang clean. So, um, I'll do that for, for, um, low reps, high resistance somewhere within the strength power paradigm. Um, and then, and honestly, I just vary that, but I keep it within strength power when I do it. So, um, but I vary the, the sets and reps as long as it's within that, within that focus, everything else is accessory and I do it in hypertrophy endurance. So, um, I literally, I don't have a structure for what I need to hit. I just make sure I pull, pull the push at a two to one, at least a two to one ratio. Um, especially for me. After my first season in triathlon, the number one thing I needed to improve, which is crazy because I deadlifted all the time, was lower, like my lower back fatigue. So um, I put a lot of focus in the off season on my lower back and pulling um, at a two to one ratio to pushing for sure. So I feel really confident with that. So I'm going to stick with that as long as I can as my intensity or sorry, as my volume bumps up, as we approach some of these races, I'm going to have to drop to probably once a week and maybe like the last month, probably zero, you know, as I'm approaching that big, um, a huge volume block, volume intensity block, probably zero. But, um, we did discuss this earlier and I'll wrap it up here, but, um, you know, should an endurance athlete be lifting weights, right? That was a big one that, yeah. man, we could, we could probably go on for hours at this, at this rate with what we're talking about, but um, yes, absolutely. 
I don't think you can find a single athlete that should not be lifting weights or resistance training and strength training. I mean, I already know that you feel the same way. I'm just to the listeners. Yeah. Every athlete can benefit from being in the weight room and strengthening your bones and your musculoskeletal system. That's what I was going to say. Not, not only is it, I think the performance, is it going to benefit the performance? I think it also is huge for injury prevention. Yeah, absolutely. And imagine, so not every athlete walks into the weight room or gets on a treadmill or goes to the track and is perfectly balanced front to back or top to bottom in terms of their Mm -hmm. musculature. So that, that gets solved in the weight room. You can reduce right. those imbalances in the weight room to make your exercise safer and more effective. It's not like you need to go into the weight room and deadlift 500 pounds once a week. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying yeah. is nobody's perfect. Nobody has the perfect anatomy either. So mm-hmm. any type of imbalance or dysfunction that we might have we can improve it by lifting weights. And that goes for everybody. Not to mention specifically with an endurance athlete, that last kick of a marathon or that, you know, that last couple strides or a couple minutes of a two and 2.4 mile swim of the, of the Ironman or, you know, pushing on the bike or whatever you want to talk about pushing up a hill on a bike that, that those are anaerobic pushes you, you literally can't sprint at the end of a marathon unless you resistance train or perform some, so, some sort of anaerobic work, whether it's interval, tra- interval training or high intensity training that, that is directly related to anaerobic work. You can run a marathon and probably, you know what, if you do no anaerobic work, you're going to, you could run a three hour marathon and it could still be faster than literally like 90% of marathoners, 95% of marathoners. But the person who can also run a three hour marathon and resistance trains is able to sprint to the finish line and will probably beat you. If that matters to you, then it matters to you. If it doesn't, that's fine. But if you're just going to me, and I I know it would matter to you too. Yeah. I mean, you can cruise along at a super fast tempo that's relative to other people. But if you want to really dig and push at the end, if you're neck and neck with another athlete or your or just yourself, if you see that time on your watch or on the yeah. clock and you, you want to compete with yourself and say, look, I see that 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 I might break a three hour marathon. If I can if I can push it for this last mile to half mile to a mile, I really have to dig in. I have to increase my pace by 45 seconds a mile, but I think I can do it. You can't do it unless you resistance train. It's not, it's just not there. That push is an anaerobic push. So yes, every endurance athlete needs to resistance train and it has to be heavy enough for it to be anaerobic. It has, you have to lift heavy. You don't have to gain all kinds of crazy weight and, you know, to the point that, you know, you, you ha- you're carrying too much weight. That's not it at all, but yeah, you absolutely need to resistance train. So I'm not going to add anything. I'm not going to add anything. Yeah, I think you that's, can. that's the soapbox. That's the soapbox to take us to the end of the cast for today. But no, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think the same is true with a strength athlete where they could benefit from conditioning. You know, it's same thing, just the opposite. You know, you don't need to totally dive in there, but I think you hit 
you crushed that topic. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for that one. Yeah, that was a good one, and I'm super pumped to have a cast that directly relates to your your upcoming hunt. But yeah, anyway, that's will. in the future. So thank you guys for listening. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening. Um, please just continue to follow along, share the share the podcast, share the blog. Um, check us out. The website's hillpursuit.com. You'll see the blog there, links to the podcast where we're on Spotify, Google, and um, Podbean. And of course, just follow us on, on social media at Hill Pursuit on Facebook and Instagram. And um, we like getting emails too. So shoot us an email, hillpursuit at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to better serving you, opening the conversation, and, and hopefully we can, um, you know, have enough have enough back and forth that maybe we could even have a Q&A episode at some point. So, um, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. So shoot us some questions, comments, like, and subscribe, all the things, do all of it. And um, this was episode seven. We will see you later. What do you got, Mitch? Anything? Nope, that's it. We're out of here. Cool. Take care, guys. Later.